You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to participate, please let me know. 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Doesn't look like we got any newbies, so let's just kick this thing off the right way with Jason from Arkansas. Ryan. What's up? Jason. Hey. Going to try to put my Bijan thoughts uh, into words a little more clearly here. Okay. Here's something that I doubt it happens, but something that I was thinking about was like, Man, say we get Bijan. First round pick, that's who they see as their highest guy on the board. He's available. We nab him. Uh, you have another rookie running back on, you know, with the fifth year option on a rookie deal. Who else do we really have? I mean, Patrick Taylor, kind of a fan favorite. I mean, we don't really have anyone else there. If Dylan or Jones goes down that I know of right now. Um, and I could see it being where, you know, say they draft a first-round running back, and it is Bijan. Like, maybe that helps lessen the blow for all the people that want Rodgers to stay, you know, like, hey, we're going with love. But, hey, check this out. We just drafted a first-round stud, you know, something else for you guys to get excited about. Maybe you'll forget about Rodgers leaving, you know, and, and get behind the team and, and buy some jerseys and, and, and root for my pick type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I doubt they draft that way, but I wonder if there's any personnel that looks at it like that. Like, you know, they draft another defensive lineman in the first Teams with owners, yeah. First round, everyone's like, oh, geez, great. But, man, you nab Bijan when he's there if you can. Something the fans can get behind. I don't know. That's my thought. Hold on. Yeah, I think as far as the second part, that would be my thought. It's it's teams with irresponsible owners who are worried about fan backlash and wanting to generate revenue as their primary concern. Um, that'll push that way. And and I mean, don't get me wrong, the Green Bay Packers organization needs revenue as well. But I think they're set up in such a way that everybody understands their role and Mark Murphy's job as president, CEO, whatever. Um his role is to manage what's there and trust these other guys to build a good football team and um, allow that to generate the revenue that it generates. And if they don't, then you find somebody else. But you don't cross that line. Um, you don't cross the line of Mark Murphy stepping over and saying, hey, look, we need to sell some T-shirts. We need to sell some jerseys, so I want you to draft Bijan. That's They would never do that. Um, in regard to the first part, assuming I, I understand in terms of not a ton of depth and guys that are maybe aren't going to be here for super long. The biggest issue I have is that applies to a lot of areas. If Rodgers leaves and Jordan Loves goes down, what do we got? I mean, at wide receiver, we're already short. Forget injuries. We don't have enough human beings, and, and we may not even have that number one guy right now, which seems to be the, the contention of the Green Bay Packers. 
Uh, offensive line, David Bakhtiari is not probably going to be here for more than two years. Same as Aaron Jones. They're on basically the same timeline, in my opinion. I don't know that, but in my mind right now, if I had to guess, I'd say they're each here two more years. And, um, you know, we don't have a massive amount of depth there. We got Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon, Zach Tom. And if uh, Bakhtiari goes down, then what? Assuming Yash is even back, I don't know. Does does he just slide in or Royce takes that spot? Or I mean, what happens if John Runyon goes down? Jake Hansen is our guy? I mean, that sucks. No offense to, to Jake. Hopefully Sean Ryan, but I, I, I'm more wondering if he's even going to be on the team. Uh, tight end, we, I mean, we just, we don't even have people. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there, there are positions right now where we, we don't, we're not even up to an acceptable level, much less worrying about depth, much less, which by the way, we, I mean, we have perfectly fine depth, having basically two starters and then, you know, whoever after that. Um, but forget two years down the road, we don't have anybody right now, and tight end is a big one. Edge rusher, we're not where we need to be with that. Um, no offense to, to Preston and Rashawn, and it sounds like fantastic news that Rashawn is on track to be back uh, week one, but I don't know that Preston is necessarily uh, a premier guy. And beyond that, again, you kind of, at least in Green Bay, some teams, you know, they'll they'll run their guys into the ground, but in Green Bay, it sounds like they've got you know, borderline 60-40 splits between the number one guys and the number two guys. So you kind of need four. You know, the number three running back, he's not going to play. The number four edge rusher is going to be on the field a lot. Uh, defensive tackle. I mean, we got Kenny who underwhelms. We got Wyatt who hasn't done anything. You got Slayton who's never really materialized in anything fantastic. And you got, John, I mean, we have four bodies. And one of those four is Jonathan Ford. So, um, you know, corner. We got Stokes, Razul. Jair, which is great. What happens when one of those guys goes down? What happens when Jair goes down? Shamar Jean Charles goes into the slot and Razul takes his job. So, I mean, I, I get it, but I just think if you apply that same reasoning to any of the other positions, it applies much more heavily everywhere else. The, the running back position is one of the more covered and okay positions that we have. It's one of the least concerning positions we have. And to take a swing and a First round running back, especially after you have not only did you agree to, I mean they, they've just invested so heavily there as far as drafting AJ Dillon in the second round, using a second round pick on on a player, and then choosing to pay Aaron Jones on top of that, and then um, restructuring Aaron Jones so that you could keep him again rather than offloading him and just trusting the draft to backfill or AJ Dillon to be that guy and then backfill. It just seems like they 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 want to just be done with, and I, I don't mean to say that they're not going to draft anybody. They they can go grab somebody for the future. I just can't imagine it's Bijan, but maybe they are the most um, running back focused team in the two thousands. <laughs> there's I don't know that there's ever been a team. They're already probably the most running back focused team. Um, and as somebody had pointed out, you know, it's it, it's sort of compensating for the lack of investment in tight end and wide receiver. So total weapons expenditure, I get it. But, you know, let's let's not... See, and I shouldn't... I, I want to say let's not invest more in running back because Bijan is an incredible receiver and everything else. But what are we going to do? We're going to put Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon in the backfield and Bijan in the slot because he's the best receiver in the class? I mean, he might be, but I'm just saying. It's getting a little silly, you know? Let's continue to invest in weapons. I'm fine with that. But let's let's focus on receiver tight end to kind of round out the uh, the uh, offensive attack that we have. Hey, Ryan. Rich again. Hey. Need to apologize of uh, mentioning the flush missile concept <laughs> without clarifying. Okay. Something from my old rugby days. Yeah. Imagine. I don't uh, need to know. Dude. Who has Where are we going now? Don't don't apologize and make it worse. You're talking about your flesh missile, and then you got to go back to your rus- rugby days. Let's not do this. No three cone ability, just oh. willing to run forward as fast as they can in a straight line. Okay. Without any uh, concern at all of bodily injury. Okay. That's kind of the thought. And so I do wonder Scary. with cornerbacks being sort of small, shifty, risk averse, why don't teams put 250 50 pound plus guys out on the edges, throw to them, and have them mow down those cornerbacks. So imagine if we had four wide receivers spread out, but they were 
like Christian Okoye, Eddie Lacy, Craig Hayward, and Jerome Bettis. And they didn't have to run side to side at all. They just ran straight forward. Um, so we could do that. Plus, with the, uh, again, drafting the quarterback every other round as a running quarterback, you give them two years to learn and then play for two years. These guys don't tend to be in the first, in the top of the first round, or you can find them later. Uh, for example, uh, Colin Kaepernick, second rounder, Lamar Jackson, bottom of the first round. So, I mean, we could win Super Bowl after Super Bowl and keep drafting these guys every other year. Appreciate your uh, long pause before answering last time and thinking about this concept, Thomas. It's the last time I call in. Go Pat, go. <laughs> about that concept. Bye. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave the quarterback thing. That's fair enough, I guess. Um, kind of going back and trying to look, you know, I mean, this year it's Richardson. Last year you could have gotten Malik, although he went like in the 70th round. 2021, you wouldn't have been able to get anybody. 2020, you could have got Love if you consider him mobile, otherwise Jalen Hurts. 2019, do, do, do. Um, there's nobody in 2019 shaping up to be a pretty solid once every other year kind of thing. 2018, 2018 was Lamar. So, all right. Yeah. Every other year you get that one mobile quarterback that falls and, uh, there you go. What was the first part? Flash missile. And then what else? Oh, why don't we just put monsters on the outside? I don't know, man. This is part of the thing that I I don't fully understand, but I kind of come at it from the other side. You know what I mean? Because every, every like that's that's the appeal of tight ends, right? Well, they're 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 too big for corners, but they're too fast for linebackers. First of all, they're not too fast for linebackers. Linebackers these days are running four threes. But if they're too big for corners, why not just line them up out wide all the time? And my thought is, corners can block. You know what I mean? I mean they they can defend quite easily. I mean it's not like they're seventy feet tall. They got you know five inches on them. But these corners can jump out of the stadium. So you have to be able to throw the ball and have it get caught. And, and, you know, we've tried similar things as far as like getting a bunch of big guys out to one side and you throw the wide receiver screen and then you're just got better blockers. And sometimes it works. And it, usually you can kind of use that strength to get four or five yards minimum. But sometimes, it, I mean, corners are able to tackle big guys, maybe not perfectly great at it, but how many loss of one yard plays do you want to get that one time when they just stiff arm them into oblivion and get 15 yards, you know? I think it's one of those things that works in theory, but you're going to have that, you know, 250-pound tight end is going to catch a pass. The corner is going to slip by this slow Eddie Lacy that you got out there blocking because he can't block to save his life. And Jair is going to slip by him and blow up that 250-pound guy for a five-yard loss by taking his knees out. And everybody's going to be watching that on TV saying, well, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. What did they think was going to happen? You know, or it works and it's the most brilliant thing in the world. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm such a like visual learner that when, when people explain things, I'm like, I don't get it. I need, I need to see it. I need like a, I mean, I guess Madden would work. I don't have Madden, but I don't, I don't know that I would trust it anyways. I need like a real life simulator. Like give me a field full of guys and let me go out there and just like try some stuff. And then when I see it fail, I'll be like, all right, that makes sense. Now I understand why it won't work. Or like I talk about all the time with the, you know, guys like Dalton Kincaid coming open or whatever. I'm like, who couldn't do that? Like, he stuck his foot in the ground, and he turned to the right, and he was open. All right? Defense run that again. Offense run that again. I want to see Mercedes Lewis do that. And then when I see the difference, be like, oh, all right, there you go. Now I see it, and I can see the side-by-side comparison, and I understand it now. Without that, I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I don't no, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't get it. I don't understand. Seems fake to me, dude. What's up, Brian? This is Blake's dad. Um, I called earlier. If you get this one and... Then you see the other one. Don't bite the other one. Oops. I think I was a little nervous talking for whatever reason, but what I was trying to say was the song Drop the World. Right. We played Eminem it. and Lil Wayne yeah. is really, really funny. If you listen to Eminem's verse okay. and picture it as Aaron Rodgers talking to the Packers and to his haters, it'll really make you chuckle thinking about that and listening to say? just how angry he is, but also just... Wow, just give it a try, and then let me know if you do or or talk about it or whatever. I just think it's hilarious. All right, later. All right, so I found it. I'm not going to play it, but 
It looks like it's uh, it hurts, but I never show. The pain you'll never know. If only you could see just how lonely and how cold and frostbit I've become. My back's against the wall. When push comes to shove, I just stand up and scream, F them all. I'll say this. If Aaron Rod and he wouldn't do this, but if Aaron Rodgers were to, like, reference this, my immediate re- reaction would be, F you, you giant baby. <laughs> Get out of here. It hurts, but I'll never show. The pain you'll never know. Like, dude, you got to stop crying, man. Like, I get it's a tough decision and everything, but, like, come on. Are you retiring or what? Come on. My back's against the wall. Goes on to say, man, it feels like these walls are closing in. The roof is caving in. Up, it's time to raise it then. Okay. Uh, Your days are numbered like pages in my book of rhymes. Got them crooked, boy. (laughs) This crooked mind of mine got them all shook and scared to look in my eyes. I stole that effing clock. I took the time and I came up from behind. Well, you did take your time. And pretty much snuck up and something that I'm not going to read. Better be careful when you bring my name up. F this fame. That ain't what I came to claim. But the game ain't going to be the same on the day that I leave. But I swear one way or another, I'm going to make these haters believe it. I swear won't spare the rod. I'm a man of my word. Yeah, I would. uh, I get what you're saying. But I, I could not roll my eyes hard enough if, if he ever took this tact. Like, bro, you're 57 years old. Like, what, what, do you, what do you want? What are you mad about? I'm just saying he better not do something like this. Like, go away gracefully. I don't need the drama. No crying. Hey, Ryan. This hey. Is Blake from Michigan. What up? I believe I called you about a month and a half ago. Left a message about the Lions. Appreciated the in-depth reply about uh, their impending free agent and, and kind of the crossroads they find themselves at. But they uh, can confirm from Michigan the Lions type train is still going along. Oh, yeah. Uh, they are eager to use up the remaining draft picks from the Matthew Stafford trade you know, the draft here. Speaking of the draft, I figured that would be my, my topic for my call today. Two things for you. First of all, uh, just – Sharing some of my early, I don't know if you want to call them draft crushes, just prospects, uh, just based off of listening to always draft season, watching some other content people on YouTube. Okay. Just some early names for you. Uh, on offense, I know you're fully on the Bijan train. Running back for you, pass catching back Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. Seems to have some really good pass catching chops, kind of a home run threat. Obviously, Jones is going nowhere. Aaron Jones is going nowhere for us right now. So um, maybe not as good of a fit as it would have been a week and a half ago. But Eric Gray, running right. back, Oklahoma, good game to look at. Uh, at receiver, this would be like probably first or second round guy. It looks like late. By the way, as of right now, I'll just kind of read this off as he goes through. He's sitting at about pick 126 or, or consensus pick 126. And so we're talking roughly a fourth rounder. First round, just based off of everything I'm reading right now. Dave Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College. I've watched a couple of his reels. Um, haven't looked at any of the PFF numbers or anything like that, but liked the variety in his route tree just based off of what I was uh, seeing so far. Dave Flowers, another good name for you um, to look into. I'm the- yeah, Zay, Zay's tough because unless... Unless we trade back, or maybe he really, you know, impresses and flies up the boards or whatever, which is which is possible. He's kind of a late first kind of a guy, so I don't think it's possible we get him in the second. Um, and so again, yeah, it, 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 if we take him in the first, it would be considered extremely early at this point. So um, it could be a trade back situation, though. And I know a lot of people would love to be able to trade back, or it could be a Christian Watson thing where. We trade way up in the second, but again, I, I don't think at this point, especially with the wide receiver fever, that um, that he would make it. But I do know for sure he's a very popular prospect. Line, man, I just got a feeling Peter Skaronsky, yeah. he falls there to 15. Uh, people on Reddit and stuff have replied to me saying he's not quite athletic enough for their threshold and has kind of... I don't know, T-Rex arms or alligator arms relative to an NFL lineman. 
Technically speaking, so does David Bakhtiari. In fact, every single year, it's like a draft day tradition. Um, there are tackles that they they get told that their arms are too short and so that they should be guards. And um, David Bakhtiari retweets that with what scouts said about him, that he had too short of arms. So there's always exceptions to rules. Just fine for a regular human, but not so much an NFL guy. A lot of people say he's good at guard rather than tackle. And then on defense and special teams, just really quick before I get cut off, uh, Van Ness from Iowa to end. Yep. I don't know, maybe it's just uh, the Brian Boaga effect, big <laughs> white guy from Iowa. I don't know, I could just see us taking him at edge. Who knows if it's, uh, if it's a scheme that are not for Barry or the team coordinator is down the line. And then I know we uh, have gotten some comments from Goody about Mason seemingly being back at kicker, but man, I'm a Wolverine fan, and I would love Jake Moody as a late round flyer. This guy is just uh, tough as nails, ice in his veins. I think he hit a 58 yarder in the in the Fiesta Bowl against TCU right before half. Nice. Time riding down, it was great. And uh, one of his favorite quotes after hitting a game winner against the Fighting Illini this year. Ah, just got it there. By the way, he's probably about a fifth round pick. Most people say you should never do that. I have zero issue with a with a, you know if you believe he's an elite kicker, taking somebody like that in the fifth round. Why anybody would care about that, I have no idea. People would rather draft some beyond long shot, thirty fifth best running back to be a backup to our backups backup, potential special teamer than a freaking kicker. I don't I don't understand it. The lack of of interest in uh, kickers and punters and returners and everything else, as if it's not important. I, I'll never, ever, ever understand that. If you're telling me this is by far the best kicker in the draft, he's the B. John Robinson of kickers, why in the world would I not draft him in the fifth round? It's the fifth round. Who cares? Who cares? I, I don't get it. Got cut off there. Uh, finishing the quote about the kicker from Michigan Moody, on record is saying uh, he feels comfortable kicking in any weather, not like those soft empty kickers. Sorry, Clayton. <laughs> um, other topic, really quick. With the draft less than two months away now, I know that's a long freaking time to pour over the film and the numbers and all the buzz and you know maybe even a Rogers trade. Um, I was just curious if you had um, any draft day or draft week traditions that you do every year. I know you like to watch it with your son. You've mentioned talking about prospects with him. Uh, here's my my draft day sort of ritual or draft day traditions. Number one, uh, early on in the week, my wife knows I'm going to be taped to the TV yeah. all weekend long. So usually uh, a night for the draft, Tuesday or Wednesday, going into the draft weekend, we uh, pull up Amazon Prime, our library, and we watch the draft day movie with Kevin Costner. Very uh, awkward movie at some point. I don't know, some people still quote it and make memes out of it. It's kind of a tradition for me over the last, like, seven or eight years to watch draft day the week going into the draft. And then as for my draft traditions on the actual weekend, I like to get carry out, get some sliders, get some wings, get some barbecue, get something carried out from a local restaurant. Um, and then have that for the night of the first round on Thursday. And then Friday, I always take the day off of work, take a personal or a sick day, and I get a round of golf in at a nice golf course, like a $40, 50 golf course, uh, Friday before rounds two and three. And then day three, um, I'm kind of a nerd. I sit and watch every single pick. I don't really leave. I know other people leave their houses because they've had enough to watch in two days and they just go do stuff elsewhere because there's day three, but I'm a nerd. I, uh, I watch rounds four through seven, every pick all the way up until Mr. Irrelevant. It's just something I look forward to every year. I think about it every couple of weeks, like, man, that draft week, that's going to be fun. It's going to be a nice reprieve from the off season. So if you have any awesome traditions, would love to hear about them. You're your family. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Good talking to you. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate it. No, I, I really don't. I usually do a live stream, um, which is incredibly difficult to do, and it's a heck of a grind, but um, it's always a good time. Um, probably should 
get some kind of a, a tradition down. But again, it's kind of hard when you're doing a live stream as far as cooking or just doing whatever. I don't know if I'm going to do that this year or not. We'll see. Um, I, I the probably most shocking part. I've I've still not seen that movie. Everybody references it. Everybody talks about it. Um, probably should watch it. Or even is it? It's probably on something that I don't have. Like everything else. Every time somebody suggests something, it's like, oh, I don't have HBO Max. Yeah, I don't have I don't have any of the movie stuff. I mean, we have movie stuff, but not like specific movie packages on top of that. I mean, Netflix and Hulu and all that, they already got movies. But yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check it out. Here's an idea though. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. We haven't uh, we haven't talked to the robot in a while. Let's let's get the robot involved. I want a delicious dish. By the way, yesterday, talk to the robot. And usually, usually, I, I like cooking in general. I just like good food. I just want to make food that's like, dude, what have I been doing my whole life? And so my whole thing has been, well, grilling, right? That was like when you can elevate your food and make it awesome. I talked to the robot. I said, I got pork chops. What am I doing here? I'm telling you, dude, first of all, made risotto for the first time in my life yesterday, thinking for some reason it tastes like garbage. I have no idea why I thought that. It's just ridiculously good rice. It was even spinach risotto, and um, it was amazing. I, I and I did everything wrong, and it was good. But it was a uh, Italian pork chop with spinach risotto. There was a mustard, like a mustard sauce over the pork. So so it was risotto, and there's supposed to be like some uh, like seasoned uh, grilled carrots along with it. But I I had so many pans and pots and everything all over the place. I had a Pyrex bowl. I made my, my rice in a Pyrex bowl sitting over on top of my, um, my griddle as a, as a heating element because I just ran out of space on my stove. Every time I go to the next step, like, oh, another bowl, great. I had a bowl sitting on top of my coffee pot to make my breadcrumbs, but it was uh, ris- uh, spinach and cheese risotto. Well, maybe that's redundant. I don't know what's usually in risotto with an Italian-style pork chop, which I didn't think you could make pork chops in your house and make them good. It was delicious. I even overcooked it and it was juicy. I don't understand. Pour a little of that mustard glaze and some breadcrumbs over the top. Dude, wasting my entire life eating garbage. Why do I eat garbage? Doesn't make any sense. Anyways, let's see what the robot can do for us. All right, here's the menu via the robot. Pulled pork sliders. Freaking genius. Buffalo chicken dip, which is the greatest thing in the world. I haven't had it probably in 10, 15 years, but it's amazing. Meatballs, yes. Loaded nachos. Bacon-wrapped jalapeno poppers. I probably won't eat them, but I'll, I'll try it. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Barbecue ribs. Beer brats. Chili. Loaded potato skins and beef jerky, because why the heck not? <laughs> I mean, here's all the food, and there's some bags of beef. Just a bowl of beef jerky. <laughs> That's freaking genius. No, usually you got like a bowl of chips, which we would have chips for the buffalo chicken dip too, but it's just a bowl of beef jerky. Dude, nailed it. Nailed it. It's a lot of food, and I might eliminate a cup. I might get rid of the, uh, probably get rid of the loaded nachos because we already have a chip thing. Get rid of the jalapeno poppers. I just, eh, probably don't need ribs. <laughs> Although, yes, we do. We'll do ribs. Uh, and brats and chili. Loaded potato skins. I don't know. It's a lot of stuff. But I, I, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. just need to man up and do my job here. It also said that I should create a signature cocktail. I'm not a drinker, but I'm curious what that would be, and I'm guessing most of you people are. So let's see what the signature cocktail is. It's called the Draft Day Cooler. Two ounces of vodka, one ounce of blue uh, caracao, one ounce of pineapple juice, one ounce of lemon-lime soda, a half ounce of lime juice, ice, lime wheel for garnish. Sounds a little foo-foo, but, you know, it's a signature drink for draft day, you know. Otherwise, we're just doing beer, so, which I guess would make sense, but it tells you how to make it, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I need to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a menu. It's going to be game day, no, game day cookbook. I'm going to make a cookbook. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'll do today. (laughs) It's going to be dope. All right, why don't we go ahead and take a break right here. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Also, please uh, check out Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. You can find them at fertilegroundranch.org. See if that is an organization that you would be interested in supporting. 
We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, the answer for the last trivia question, um, it was in Friday Night Lights, which famous country singer plays one of the dads of the players? It is Tim McGraw. That's the uh, that's the easier question. I'll be calling in with another one shortly. I think that might have been one of the guys I said definitely wouldn't have been um, in that movie. So I failed on so many levels with that question, but... Um... It's one of those things I'm I'm okay getting wrong. All right, next question of Are You Smarter Than a Pack Daddy? Let's do it. The actor Carl Weathers, who you probably know as playing Chubbs from Happy Gilmore, okay. and also played Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies. Got it. Um, was actually an undrafted free agent for which NFL team? Huh. Go back out. Um, well, I've got a couple things. I was going to say it's a 1 in 32 chance, but I don't even know what the teams were back in the day. So I'm going to hope that it's one of the teams that has stayed consistent. So I don't have to try to guess the era and then say like the Houston Oilers or something stupid. So you got like Bears, Packers, Lions, Vikings, uh, Steelers. I'll just say Steelers. I don't know. I don't know why that feels right to me. I feel like Chubbs was uh, a big physical defender. And I just think Steelers for some reason, although I don't know the era, but that just feels like a safe thing that they've always just been just making stuff up at this point. I don't know. All right. Trivia answer oh, here for we the go. last question. Let's do so this. So it was Carl Weathers, the guy who played uh, Chubbs in Happy Gilmore and Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies, was an undrafted free agent for the Oakland Raiders. Dang. Yeah. I feel so, like I was on the right track. I don't know if you got that one right, but I will be calling uh, probably tomorrow with another question. With go the angry, violent, defensive thing? I think, I think uh, I'm going to give myself like 10% credit on that. Hey, Baghdad, you're hey, Jersey Mike. Hey, uh, Gabagool. So I hope you're watching the uh, the combine coverage here. It's uh, definitely interesting, I'll say that. Uh, first, I just want to let you know, though, I'm I'm working on that little thing still. Uh, I'm, I'm oh, getting yeah. to you. I promise. But, uh, okay. I've been, I've been, I don't know. I just want to make sure it's good. Anyway, uh, I want to, I want to two guys that I saw so far today that really just impressive in the drills. Uh, first one I'm going to say is Siaki Ika. Uh, I think <laughs> at a Baylor, he's like 350 oh, something yeah, yeah, pounds. Yeah. Yep. Mm, that man can straight up bend. Uh, and, and he's got some speed for a big boy. <coughs> um, Hang in I, I don't know, I don't know what, what was the, the hoop drill or something like that, 
where you got to pick up a towel, run a figure eight, and put a towel down and something like that, but, like, keep your speed up and then yeah, bend yeah. out. <laughs> and and Ika, Ika looked really good on that. They also had, like, I guess, you know, run through three or four dummies and then bend the corner and get back up to the quarterback. So it's like you got washed out around the quarterback and you got to step back up behind him into that pocket and, and sack him. Uh, he looked really fluid in that. I mean, for a big boy at 354 pounds, I mean – in the NFL, realistically, that thing gets into the weight room. He's going to drop maybe maybe 10 to 20 pounds. You know, having a 340, 330-pound dude who who is quick and agile, uh, I don't know. I, I, I remember a, a big boy by the name of B.J. Roger who used to do something like that. Uh, and, and he was pretty special. Um, I don't know how he compares, though. Probably Siaki might be a little bit more of a freak. Nah, but my other guy is uh what is it is Zach Pickens or something like that out of uh <coughs> South Carolina <laughs> man he he is the pass rusher uh defensive tackle pass rusher besides you know big name up there in Georgia uh I forget his name though uh <laughs> that's a pretty funny big name but I can't remember it but anyway uh Pickens looks really really agile smooth silky fast really fast. Um, he doesn't look like he weighs steps doing anything. He looks like he's a real fluid athlete. And so these are two guys that I just saw at the combine today that really, really were impressive, um, just how they moved. And I, I think that, you know, we get some guys like that on, on our defensive line with some, you know, decent coaching. They could, they could turn into superstars. Those, those, those two guys are just, and I've watched their film too. So I'm not just saying that for yeah. nothing. But uh, yeah, good to hear what you what you have to say. Go pack, go. So uh, just taking a look here because the defensive tackles did run. Siaki Ika surprisingly had a pretty terrible um, everything as far as including his agility. Um, his short shuttle he ran a four nine nine, which out of ten is a one point oh eight. His three cone was a seven point eight, which out of ten is a four point six. And then uh, he listed as very poor, so even worse than his agility was his speed. He ran a 5.39.40, a 3.120, and then a 1.88 10-yard split, which the best of that is his 40-yard dash, which out of 10 was 1.29. So athleticism, speed, and agility, um, rock bottom. He didn't bench, so I don't know anything about his... Uh, he didn't bench or do any of his explosiveness testing. Why he chose to ran, I don't know. He should have gone in and got measured and just let everything else sit out there. But, um, yeah, so so there's that. I, I would actually say, because I believe he's a second-round prospect, this is potentially going to hurt him kind of a lot. Um, I know you probably don't care a ton about 40 time, but I would think like the 10-yard split might mean something. Agility... Maybe doesn't mean as much as other positions, but probably doesn't mean nothing. Um, explosiveness is probably the one thing you really do want to see, and he didn't do it. But yeah, he's currently sitting at uh, 47th overall, which is um, mid-second round. That's uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that as far as his combine. I'll have to kind of poke around and see. I could probably actually start that right now before he is, and just see what people are saying about him. If anybody, if they, you know, I mean, if that was expected, then it doesn't matter. But if people are kind of shocked by that, he could plummet through the floor. We've seen that several times where people have horrible combine testing and just they completely fall out of the bottom of the draft. Uh, Zach Pickens currently uh, sitting at 117. So another fourth round guy. He actually graded out significantly better. He has an 897 overall. He did all the different things. Uh, The only knock on him is that his uh, weight is down. But again, that doesn't really, it's not really a negative. You know, especially when, like you pointed out, he's a pass rusher. Being 291 pounds, I mean, that's that's a that's the Dean Lowry special. You know, six four, two ninety three ish. I think that's around what Dean Dean was two ninety five. I don't know. He's two. This guy's six four, two ninety one. Uh, the bench was twenty two reps, which is low, but ran a four eight nine forty, which is blazing fast. Um, his composite agility grade overall was good. He had a, a solid three cone and a mediocre shuttle. Broad jump was really solid. Vert was was decent. Overall grade was considered great. So the athleticism for him is definitely there. Um, some of his comps, by the way, thanks to uh, this is on the RAS.football website. Uh, Gerald McCoy is one of the top comps for him. 
Nick Fairley, another uh, longtime Detroit Lion, I think, was there. So, um, yeah, interesting prospect. Again, probably a mid-round guy, although he may go up a little bit, hopefully not into the third round, because if we get him in the third, it will ruin his career, and that would be really unfortunate for him. But the good news is if we do draft him in the fourth round, there's a good chance that he could be a Hall of Fame player. But yeah, either way, regardless of their athleticism or anything like that, whenever you got a type, whenever you got a guy that you like, I think it's a good thing. You should just just cling to it. You know, I mean, look, unless you're going to do this professionally and you're going to stake your reputation on it, if you got a guy you like, just hang on to it. It's fun. Just have fun. That's why I'm bummed out. I just, I'm, I'm struggling to find those guys right now. Every time I watch someone, it's like, Neh. you know what I got to do? And I've done this before in the past. Sometimes you got to resort to some old school techniques. Start watching seventh round prospects if you can find them. Start watching just the bottom of the barrel and then rewind and start working your way up to sixth round, fifth round, fourth round, because then you can start to see it stand out a little bit. remember doing that with, uh, it was a guy we, it was a long time ago, but a guy we drafted, I think, like in the seventh round, and I watched him in college, and I was like, dude, this guy sucks. Like, he's, he's so bad. And then I got it. And then I started to appreciate, you know, some of the fourth round guys, even though you could see their flaws and everything else. If you watch nothing but first round prospects, sometimes it just becomes like a blend of just like, yeah, he's good. So what? Well, that's that's the point. He's good at football. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'm going to start watching seventh round and undrafted free agent prospects if I can find anything. Hey, Ryan. Steve up in Alaska. Hey. Been, uh, as usual, listening to your show, so I got some opinions. Hey. I uh, would have said a whole lot more actually along the way, but as you know, it's, you hear something got an opinion, yeah. story and conversation goes on, then you lose it. That's how it goes. You, you complain about it about yourself all the time. I do it too. But uh, I got this one, and I, and I kept it in my head, so I got uh, where I was going. Um, the tight end thing, you got, I've, we've all been talking about tight ends and how the Packers haven't had one and how we need to get one. And you've discussed about the issues with tight ends actually working out and how few of them actually work out. And uh, I like to bring up a point of uh, something for us to all think about. Tight ends are so difficult to get because there's competition not just from the NFL to get them, but there's competition from the NBA to get players of that size. There you go. A dude that's, you know, six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds. Heck, that's a great forward, man. That's that's a tough basketball player. That's right in the range of the best basketball players that you want to get. So getting a good tight end you have to find somebody that hasn't already been picked up by the NBA. That's why we end up getting a lot of the, you know, the blocking tight ends in the NFL because, hey, the guy's got the size, but he doesn't have the athleticism. You know, he doesn't have the, quite the speed or the jump or, you know, the good hands. So those guys make it in the NFL because if they got all that stuff, they end up going to the NBA where they can make just as much, if not more money, and have just as long a career, if not a longer career, yeah, they play a lot more games, but the money's there, you know. You're not going to get hammered, you know, day in and day out by somebody else who's your size the way that NFL players do. So I think that's a big thing to consider is to get a good at tight end, you have to get this. You, we're, we're fighting from a, a much smaller pool because there's much more interest in it from other from another league, you know. Take, for example, you know, a good wide receiver, Six one, six two, one, six two, 195, 205 pounds. Well, that's that's like a point guard, not even like that big a point guard. So that's something that we got to think about when we all complain about tight ends, which I complain to, you know, that those guys are harder to come by than any other players that we get because there is a whole entire another league that is competing for exactly that type of person, physically wise. All right, guys, I'll probably call in again later. I feel like chit-chatting a bit today so we'll talk to you bye yeah it's it's a great point too because where are you going to make more money i mean just out of the gate if you're like you said if you're six foot six in like seventh grade everybody's going to tell you to play basketball and that's just what you're going to do and so the pipeline is is not even there everybody immediately diverts you nobody nobody you know if you're massively tall nobody's like dude you got to go play tight end for our football team i mean maybe there's a lot of multi-sport athletes but again even then there's just more money in being a star basketball player than there is being a star tight end. And there's more opportunity. You, I mean, there's entire basketball team. The entire team is made up of just tight ends <laughs> for the most part. Whereas you go to the NFL and it's, you know, each team kind of wants you but also doesn't really care about you and isn't going to pay you a ton of money. It also might be why we're starting to see more of the Dalton Kincaids 
who are more small receiving type tight ends that are actually thriving because again, any of the actual big talented guys, they're, they're all in the NBA. You know, Dalton Kincaid is 6'4", 240, as opposed to, for example, Darnell Washington is 6'7", 270. And maybe he can't shoot a basketball or something. I don't know why he is, is where he is. I mean, different people, different things. But no, that's a good point. There's just a direct pipeline. And it's just, it's, it's basically just a lot of laziness. I mean, if you're tall, you go play basketball. That's just the way it goes. Maybe you're better suited for football. I don't know. And maybe there's football players that are better suited for basketball. You know, it's not a perfect situation, perfect system. But yeah, you're probably right. The, the super athletic, really tall kids, probably in basketball. Yeah, Michael Mayer, 6'4". Dalton Kincaid is 6'4". Tucker Craft, 6'5", 6'4", 6'4", 6'4", 6'5", 6'4". Uh, there's only a handful of guys bigger than 6'5". You got Washington at 6'7". Musgrave is 6'6". Josh Weil is 6'6". And uh, Zach Kuntz is 6'8". And then, you know, down the list from there. But I don't know, maybe. Ryan, hey. how do you Hey. Nico, Howdy. my whole duty. Oh, ho. what up? Um, <laughs> first of all, it was awesome. I listened to the exercise with Greg here at Home Friday. He was asking you the, are you smarter than a tax daddy question? Yeah. So we have a mental breakdown live on the air. That was awesome. Uh, please do that more often. It makes the show amazing. But it sort of got me thinking. Because this is like the, the doom and gloom season when all the, you've seen them on the Facebook and stuff and the Twitters. How, oh, we can't afford to keep this guy. I mean, they say this literally every year about someone we have to keep who's young and is going to get more expensive. Like Jair, like Sean Gary, like Elton Jacobs, you know. Um, Aaron Jones, perfect example. But, so when was the last time that, and I couldn't think of any of them, yeah. when was the last time we couldn't keep a young up-and-coming dude, especially Never. after his first contract, that everyone kind of knew they were going to turn the lead and get better, you know, be a future Hall of Famer. When was the last time we didn't keep one of those guys because we couldn't afford them? No, never. I don't think there is one. No. And immediately, uh, what's-his-face popped in my head who went to the Bills. But I think uh, I think he just got way better after we let him go and didn't even try to resign him. I bet him. My guy, cool dude. We're best buds now. He calls me all the time. Nice. Um, and then the guy that went to San Diego, Hayward. I think it's Hayward. I don't yeah. know. But I don't think he was awesome, and you know we knew he was going to intercept nine balls a year. He just did that after he left us. But I remember correctly, he was injury prone. But anyway, so when's the last time we lost a dude because we couldn't afford him? And my second question, oh, that kind of reminds me too, because I remember I, I never forget a press conference. Bill Belichick was asked something about and the salary cap, blah blah. blah you're worried, and he cut the guy off. Said, I don't, I don't worry about the salary cap. That's what you guys do. So to me, that's a little, a little funny, a little telling about what people like him think of the salary cap. But um, yeah. So no, that 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 hasn't happened. And even the examples you brought up, I mean, there's a difference in value sometimes in terms of I think you're worth ten million, and he's not going to come back for less than fifteen. We'll let him go, not because we can't afford them, but because there's a difference in value there. Um, but no, there, there's there's never a time, and this is why I said Elton Jenkins is 100,000% coming back. This is why I've always told everybody, stop saying they're going to get rid of Jair, stop saying they're going to get rid of Rashawn, but people just insist. Well, there's we can't, there's no money, you're not going to be able to do it. They will never, ever, ever, and, and here's the thing, yes, they're doing things that they that I don't like with the salary cap, but everything that they do, they look all the way out into the future. And so they would never put themselves in a situation where if I pull this lever, if we do this, we will not have any way of signing Rashawn Gary or signing Jair or signing Elton Jenkins. They're never going to put themselves in that situation. So, I mean, same with the Bears fans. It's like, we're going to get Elton Jenkins. It's like, no, you're not. The Packers would never, ever, 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 ever let someone like that go. The only potential way that that would happen is if they just couldn't agree on value and he was being completely unreasonable or whatever. And they're like, you know, we just don't think you're that good and we want you to be a guard and we want to pay you like a guard. And he's like, no, I'm a premier tackle. And if another team agreed and they were willing to pay him that, which was a, a slight concern of mine that that sort of situation would occur. But... 
It would not have been a price thing. There's no way in the world they wouldn't put themselves in that situation. So yeah, that's that's not going to happen. Now, are there times when there are people that have to be let go because of money? Yes, absolutely. Um, but they're not going to let young up-and-coming superstars not get that next big contract and walk out the door, right? There there might be situations. For example, we maybe only brought back uh, Devondre and Razul because Devontae left, and maybe we wouldn't have been able to if Devontae was here. But that's that's a completely different situation of how we construct our roster based on, you know, what value goes where or whatever. But these, these are older, 30-year-old, veteran-type guys, you know, it's 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 very different. So, yeah, d- wondering who stays and who goes, that, that's always a question and how they decide to manage their money and how you keep yourself under the cap or whatever. But it's never going to be your young superstars. That's never going to be an option because we just, in other words, we, we really want to and we would pay them the money, but we just can't afford it. No, that that has not happened, at least not since I've been paying attention to the team. That would never have happened under Ted Thompson because he was the most frugal person on planet Earth, and it absolutely has not happened under Brian Gutekunst and will not happen under Brian Gutekunst. So all the people over all these years who said Jair's going to have to go, Rashawn's going to have to go, Elton's going to have to go, there's no way we can pay this guy, that guy, the other guy, you're wrong. They're all getting paid. Everybody that establishes themselves as a star, potential star, quality player that deserves a second contract, whatever, they're going to stay. And that's just the bottom line. Hey, buddy boy. Uh, Steve up in Alaska. Hey. I've been telling people about you, and they're Thanks. they're they're getting more and more excited. I Hopefully, maybe we'll get a, a couple more Alaska people that eventually it. start calling in or checking out your show. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I'm calling in two reasons. One reason, the whole... Um, DC, uh, Marvel Universe thing yes. that's been going on, which I'm enjoying the discussion, <laughs> but I showed up at some friends to, to do some business with them, and they were actually having a DC Marvel discussion when I showed up, which I thought it was hilarious. That is funny. But I was listening to your podcast, and I showed up with some friends, and they were having the exact same discussion that I was listening to on the <laughs> podcast. It's great. Um, so you get one thing here. Uh, Iron Man. Yeah. It's a... Um, Oh, and I had the phrase in my head. Damn it, I hate when we do this. <laughs> um, but it's a, uh, they do it with Star Trek. It's a, wish I could remember the phrase, but it's a motion suppressor. Okay. It's something that, so when the ship stops, it stops your motion too. Because, I mean, if you think about Star Trek, right? they're moving at light speed, and then their ship stops moving yep. through light speed, but none of them just slam into the, the bulkhead of the ship because... They would have been moving at the same speed as the ship. Yeah. So there's uh, suppressors. There's there's uh, it's a suppressor system built into his suit for Iron Man that prevents his body from moving at the same speed as everything around him is moving. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. It prevents his body from moving at the same speed as everything else around him. But his body is moving, right? Am I not? Am I just not getting this? I don't understand. Um, it's uh, a very advanced system. Uh, the ADS system is that they use for divers and hard shell suits that go down, yeah. and they go down to very deep depths where they'd be at four or five atmospheric press atmospheric pressures, mm-hmm. and the suit that they're in, they're with they're still at one atmospheric surface pressure. So that when you bring them to the surface, they can just get out and act like they didn't have to go through decompression. It's a whole diet thing. But that's what it is um, for those guys. Two, the whole... I'm still stuck on that a little bit. Because, again, let, let's just focus on the brain here. The brain is just kind of floating around in your skull, right? Fluid in there and whatnot, it's, it's, it's floating. You get punched in the face. The fist hits your face. Your face starts to... The skin pushes into your skull. The skull pushes backwards. And the brain's still sitting still. Right? The 
skull moving backwards 500 miles an hour, let's just say, because you got hit in the face by a superhuman thing. It's going to hit your brain, right? Now you're saying, well, your body isn't actually moving at the speed that everything else is moving, but it is. It's inside the suit. I don't understand. It's going to hit the brain, right? And then when you smack into something, you're going to fly through a couple walls, but eventually you're going to hit that one wall that just comes to a stop right? Then it's that whole process in reverse. Suit stops. Skull hits the back of the suit, which I'm sure is super padded and and everything else. And then brain smacks into the back of your skull. What superpower thing? I mean, I'm I'm trying to get on board with this, right? Because I want to enjoy Iron Man. What's going on in there that's like this super magical thing that's preventing you from moving when you're moving. I don't, I'm not grasping it a ton here. So go back and ask your buddies how that all works. Cause I don't, I don't get it. Maybe you have to draw me a picture again, visual learner, show me a, a video of how this works. Maybe I'll go look up how Star Trek works because yeah, that is ridiculous that you're like, okay, warp speed. And then it just takes off and they're just like, Pfft. like, no dude, you're going to fly through the back of this thing and then be sucked out into space. Audrey thing, you know, I kind of been thinking a little bit about that because that's the discussion. I hate going on about it. I'd like to get on to something else like everybody else. Yeah. But that's the discussion. But the whole Rogers thing is maybe he saw Brett Favre go. He watched what happened and he spent his career making sure that he could put himself in the position that he wasn't having to go through the Brett Favre saga. And that's why we're stuck with the Aaron Rodgers saga. Think about that. All right, boys. Got to go. Have a good night. (laughs) You got me thinking. I feel like you're just setting me up to look ridiculous here because I'm really thinking about these things, and I don't know what you're talking about. So he doesn't want it to look like Brett Favre. That's why we're going through the Brett Favre or the Aaron Rodgers saga, despite the fact that the Aaron Rodgers... I mean, it's just it's different in name only. It's the same saga. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, Maybe he does something different. If he doesn't go to the Jets... Maybe that's why he's taking so long, because he's like, look, I don't want to do what Brett Favre did. It's like, all right, we'll do something different. What are you going to do? Can I come back? No. Dang it. Um, You could retire. Yeah, I don't want to retire. I want to play. All right, well, the Jets want you. I Did you not hear me? I said I don't want to do what Brett Favre did. Well, I don't know what else to tell you. Can I go to the Panthers? No. They. I thought I heard they called. Yeah, they called, but they wouldn't. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you want to go to the Panthers? Well, no. Okay. Do you want to go to the Falcons? No. I Can I go to the 49ers? No, you can't go. We're not sending you to the 49ers. Get that out of your head. Can I go to the Eagles? No, and they don't want you. What are you talking about? Stop saying stupid things. Well, we got to figure something out. Well, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. You can't come back. You don't want to retire. You don't want to go to the Jets. We're not sending you where you want to go. You don't want to go where anybody else wants you to go. What are we supposed to do? And so, yeah. Maybe that's where we're at with the Aaron Rodgers saga, trying to figure this whole thing out. Hey, fellas, I'm back again. Hey, welcome Even back. Even when I was getting a little late, got kind of hung up, had to stop off at uh, one of my jobs and hanging out with the boys a little bit there. We yeah. Work around my money thing. But uh, calling back in because I had some time to sit and think and, you know, I know the earlier call was talking about the whole Rodgers thing and how you felt, and I've, I'm thinking about it. A new aspect, a whole other aspect about the Rogers thing. Getting deep. I'm going to speak from a personal point here. Okay. I, uh, I'm not going to go into my background or my whole life story, but I'm going to tell you this. I came to a point in time in my life where I was making money and I had a choice of sitting down and, 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 and trying to build the quote unquote American lifestyle. And, the other option was I'd go do something else. And those two things work to me together to look at, hey man, when I'm when I'm an old man sitting on the porch, do I want to be the guy that said he went and had a good life but he wish he did? Or he went and did and man, you know, I missed out on these things in life. Those are those are the options. Ryan you you are a guy who has built the, the, the life 
And maybe, maybe there might be a sometime you wish you did. And that's why I'm saying that because we all talked to him, so we all kind of know him a little bit. I went and did, I'm going to go and sit on the porch and say, I did, and I wish I had. Okay? Maybe Rogers is starting to look at himself in that kind of like, because he's a single guy like myself, so he doesn't have the family thing going on. And maybe with all his money and all the people he's around, he's starting to look at, you know, I'm into my late 30s. I did my running around and craziness in my early 30s. And maybe he's looking at going, hey, man, there's a whole life out for me, and I want to make sure that we're rushing to nature. But I would like to be the guy that sits on the porch at the retirement home, and when all the guys are talking about, I wish I did, he's the guy that can sit around and say, oh, yeah, I did. Maybe that's a possibility. There's, there's a lot of aspects to that. There's a lot of outlook to that. I'm willing to say that the guy is done. And that's my point here. He's looking at, I need to make sure that I ain't an old man sitting on the porch going, man, I wish I had. He's still young. He's still got his body. And he's got a ton of money. So maybe he's going to start traveling the world. And after he's retired, we're going to hear about him traveling the world and doing craziness. See y'all. Time's up. Yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of goes to trying to understand where his head is at. I, I tend to, I, I think that is kind of the dilemma. He knows that at some point he has to transition to going out and just enjoying life and, and experiencing life and all that. But he has his whole life to experience life. This is his only window to play football. And he knows that when he closes the door, it's closed forever. He doesn't have to choose between experiences and money. He knows he's going to get both. But he also knows that once he closes that door, he's an ex-football player for the rest of his life. And he'll only look back every single year, every single moment, and think how much he misses it, how much he loved it. And does he really want to turn that page? That's the question, I think, for him. Is he able? And, and it's, kind of a, it's kind of a disorder, in a way. Because the... the and, and this, I think... For me, honestly, this is part of the reason why I question whether or not guys like Rodgers really are all in on football. It's not because they don't love football, but it's also like a weird motivation. You know, my wife and I at night have been watching Hoarders just because we're kind of out of ideas on what to watch, but it's kind of a similar thing. It's, it's not rational to have all this stuff, and it's better for you to move on from it, but you just can't let it go. There's a fear associated with letting it go because you'll never have it back, and that's the wrong reason to stay in football. I understand it. I get how much that sucks to say I'm never going to have this thing again. But from my perspective as a Packer fan, I don't want a quarterback to come back simply because he doesn't want to let it go. And again, once a quarterback gets to the point, like with Brett Favre, with Aaron Rodgers, with any of these guys, where they don't want to go to training camp anymore, to me it means it's not about the football. It's not about I want to put in the work because I want to be the best because I want to win it all. It's just about I just want to walk out of that tunnel and feel what it feels like. I want to get that rush one more time. I want to feel, you know, the stadium erupt in cheers with the, the stadium lights and all that. Like it's, it's all about the romanticism of it. But they're done with the working part. I'm, I'm, I'm over the grind. I'm over all the stuff. I'm, but what I want is the young guys who are still enamored with all of it. That's what I want. And if you're not that guy anymore, then I don't think you should be there. And I think we know that over the last couple of years, Rodgers has transitioned into that guy that doesn't want it anymore. He's just a guy that doesn't want to let it go. And I think he needs to let it go. And I'm sure that's one of the things Brian Gutekunst is going to talk to him about, aside from we're going to have to work on this contract a little bit, is, you know, you will be at training camp. You will be at every single one of these things. You will do that, 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 that because... Here's the thing. It's not about you and you wanting, you know, I just want it one more year. You're going to be the guy. You will be at every single one of these meetings, at every single thing. When, when the doors are open, you're in there. First one in, last one out. That's what I want from the leader of my football team. That's what I expect as a baseline minimum from the leader of my football team. And if you're not willing to be that guy, if it's just about I'm not ready to let go yet, then this isn't a good fit because we've got another guy who just wants a chance, who's willing to do everything that is required and more to be the best that he can possibly be, not for himself because he can't let it go, but to make a life for himself, to win championships, to build with a, with a locker room. You know, I mean, look at how Rodgers treats young guys. You know, and everybody laughs about it like it's some big joke. 
Building a locker room and having that cohesion is important. And he thinks it's a joke. I don't hang out with young guys. They're so young and stupid. Why would I hang out with them? Okay, fine. Whatever. You know what? Why don't you and the rest of the old crotchety retired guys go out and play golf and let the young guys get together in the locker room and build a football team? Again, I understand his predicament. I get that it must be hard. And if he decides he's not ready to let it go, fine. But I don't want to have to be the fan of the team that has to cater to that. Let somebody else carry his burden. I don't want to do it. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a fantastic rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.